0: Hi there church family, it's good to be with you today through our podcast as we do our midweek discussion on our sermon. We try to do this every week as we just look at the sermon from this past Sunday, try to dive into it a little bit, probably chase some rabbits, who knows uh, how it'll go, but uh, we we do our best uh, when we gather here right now, which is an appropriate thing to say because of the sermon this week Yeah, was on gathering, why gather together as we continue our worship series Uh, we tried to really, I think we have 12 weeks in our worship series, something like that, 11 or 12. Um, and so we were trying to break out, you know, different, uh, topics or different things within worship that we should be looking at. And, uh, this one came up of why do we actually gather together? And I don't want to say it's hard to find a lot of information out there on the importance of just the gathering. But it's also not easy. Uh, you can't find a lot of sermons on it. Um, you can't even find a lot of places in books, uh, more modern books, that would have a section on just the gathering and the importance of just gathering. Now, there's a lot of articles through COVID on that because COVID really brought up a lot of questions on the gathering. Uh, so you will find uh, some, of, some of that. But what was difficult was finding what is so special about the Christian gathering that's different than other gatherings because you would find in articles just like, well the fellowship is needed and you need to gather to fellowship, which is which is true. But that's really any gathering. You know, you you have the fellowship aspect. It's like what is different about the actual worship gathering, you know, the gathering of God's people to worship and praise him. What is what is different about that? And that's what got at the end of the sermon just the supernatural uh Event that is taking place within the worship service, the gathering of the people of God, that too often we overlook, or too often I think we place we place the supernatural in in the wrong spot and in the wrong things. So, anyways, <clears throat> hopefully we'll have some time to uh, to dive into that. Uh, let me ask this question to you to you guys: um, Do you guys at the beginning of the sermon I said there are two types of people here: there are people who love gathering, and there are people who don't. What are you guys? which which one would you fall in? I like I don't like big gatherings. Okay. I do
1: like like I like having a smaller group. Um I do better in those settings than if like um but if it's if there's an
0: overwhelming amount of people then that's But it's also probably a smaller group of people you know. Sure, or or yeah, cuz yeah. I was like, "Hey, Spencer, come with me. Uh there's like a group of 15 people getting together. Let's go. Yeah. You'd probably be yeah. like I'm, I'm, eh. I'm excited I mean, if it gets,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, huge groups do uh, create anxiety yeah. in me. I mean, yeah, but, but right. yeah, no, smaller groups. Now, of course, I, I do like to have my alone time, too, but mm-hmm. but I do like smaller groups, but, yeah. Yeah. Dave, how do you?
2: I like gatherings. Yeah, I've always, I mean, going to, like, a a sporting event or a concert, you know, being around a lot of people doesn't. Doesn't really bother me. I, in fact, I kind of it kind of energizes me in some ways. You know, like just being with, um, just being with uh, uh, bigger groups, or you know, like going like going to the Tigers game, which which uh, went to recently with my son.
0: And uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I enjoy it. I, which makes sense because I mean, you've done urban work, yes. And I don't think you should do urban work if you don't like gathering because yeah. you live in a gathering. <laughs> yeah. <kinda. laughs> yeah, exactly. My yeah. wife's opposite. Yeah, yeah. We've got a little little mic check going on so Pastor Scott will have to answer later. I think Pastor Scott would say he doesn't like gatherings a ton, but he can do them. I would think he's one of the best out of the four of us uh, with with gathering. Dave is good at it too. I don't mean to say that, but you seem to
3: Well, I mean the way you put it in your sermon, I like going to church
0: no 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 no. <laughs> that wasn't the question that wasn't the question <laughs> oh god it was the gatherings like like going to a big concert or mm-hmm. like the mineral county fair i said or yeah just things where you know there's going to be a lot of a lot of people yeah some people just really thrive in those things i love it yeah i mean i
3: i guess yeah I enjoy gatherings i mean i don't I don't not like them. I guess it always just depends on what we're gathering for yeah and how how you know I honestly think there's probably like a lot of gatherings like if you would say the Monroe county fair like if those kinds of gatherings I don't know how much in common I really have with a lot of the people I'm there with um but i I would much more fit in terms of like i I like being at a gathering with a group of people that I know. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like for me, I mean, we go to vacation. We always go to the West side of the state and it's pretty typical of us, traditional of us to go to Michigan adventure, which is like a Cedar point. Uh, but they have roller coasters and they have a water park. It's all included. And we really go for the water park. But for me, that's just like the worst day. It's the most draining day of vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go and deal with parking I gotta pay a ton of money. I'm going to this place with all these people that I don't know. I'm going to wait in line, you know, and it's just like, this is just not what I want to be doing with my time. And it's because there's just so many people mm-hmm. there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then I tend to be like, I'm not going to ride any rides because I don't want to wait in line. I don't want to deal with all the all the people. And But some people just love like those types of environments. You know, I know families here at this church, they'll leave church and go to Cedar Point and then they'll be back for evening worship. It's like you were gone five hours. Yeah, we rode two rides. It was awesome. And we came home I'm like what? Why would yeah. you put yourself through that? Yeah, <laughs> I I
3: wouldn't like that because of reasons other than the gathering.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I don't like gathering with people in a line for an hour. <laughs> yeah. That's not my kind of gathering.
0: I mean, and for me, the biggest ones are usually like sporting events. And I've just I've gotten where I I used to love going to those, like the spectacle of it, seeing all the people It was really thrilling and exciting. And I don't know, just getting older, I guess I'm like yeah. I just don't want to have to deal with all the mess and all the people. Honestly, I'd rather just sit at home and watch the game with maybe some friends or something like that would be, would be better. But, uh, anyways, so our mind around gatherings and, and there is an importance in gathering apart from making it a spiritual thing. Just, we, we see that, right? People want to be together and, and, uh, there's an importance to that as well. There's camaraderie. There is the fellowship aspect. There's being neighborly. Uh, all these different things that are important in our gatherings. Or if you even think just about family gatherings, you know your family gathers for a reason and for a purpose to see each other and to care for each other. And and you can't really just do that by by phone. You know that's hard. That's hard to do. Or now, I mean, technology has gotten so good. It's crazy to think that I can just push a button on my phone and see somebody in a whole different country and we can talk live to each other back and forth like they're sitting right by me. That is a great thing. It's a really neat thing. But it's not the same as like sitting in the same room and talking or being in the car together. There's just something different to that that we all would have to uh, say is true. And, and so when we talk about this gathering of the church, some questions come up. You know, I was like, what makes it different? What, why can't i just be a part of the moose club and gather with those people and do good things you know what what makes it so different or why can't i just stay home with my family and say we're christians uh why do why do i have to go with other christians to this to some place to gather together together you know i think about uh pastor peter who we support over in africa and he sent us a picture once and he's like this is where our church started it was a tree mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like a building or anything. It's like this is where we met. Why did those people feel the need to have a place to meet? You know, like we're all going to meet here. They didn't have a building to go to or comfort or anything, but they found something important and a reason for doing this. And the Bible speaks of this. And i i hope I hope it was helpful on Sunday to go through it. Uh, but you know, ask again, asking those questions, looking at those questions is like what is happening when we gather what is the difference between this church gathering and other gatherings that are taking place and I tried to ask a pretty pointed question at the beginning of service and I really wanted to draw people in and get their attention is to ask the question why are you here why do you come here and I asked the kids ages five to 17 is what I was was thinking you know, like why are you here why do you come here uh, and for most of them it, it would be my parents bring me here. They don't have a choice. And it's like so you're sitting here without a without a choice. Uh, some of those kids would say, "Well, I have fun here," and we see that you know after service they're running around and doing whatever, and so they have friends here, and there's there's that aspect to it. Uh, but there's plenty of others like well, my to be honest, my parents make me come here, <clears throat> uh, and I, I think that's just a, a fair thing. But then to expand it out, it's like okay. How about you parents, though? Why in the world do you come here? Why do you sit? I mean, I've had parents say, I don't know why I come to church because I'm just in the hallway with my kid the whole time who's acting up. So what's the point of me being here? That's what I hope that this sermon answers that question. It's like it's worth it. right? It's worth that battle. But anyways, why to answer that question, it's like, why are you here? And I think for a lot of people, the question really is, even though they're not kids anymore, <laughs> There's like their grandma or their mom on their shoulder saying, you should be at church. You should be at church. And so they just sit through it. I think it was Alistair Begg. I was listening to a sermon he did on worship or something. And he was telling this story, you know, and the kids were saying, you know, mom and dad, why do we come? And the mom and dad's like, because I was forced to come. (laughs) And it's good for you. And so just learn to deal with it. And the kid ends up asking the parent, well, what happens if I like it? And the parents kind of just laugh like, (laughs) that's not going to happen. But you still got to keep going through it. Church isn't something you like or enjoy, right? It's something you do and you have to do. And I just wonder how many people who sit in the pews really feel that way to where it's like, I can't wait for Sunday to come. I want to be with the church people. I want to hear from the word of God. I want to be able to worship God. And while we all, I think while all of us would love to feel that way and be that way each week, the truth is, I don't think we are. Um, that's because of sin in our life, but a a better understanding of the gathering of what is happening and what is taking place, I think would help us in that area to have more of a desire to be there with the people God has put, uh, in the church. And so when we look at like Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25, I wasn't, I didn't feel I could do like expository preaching this week just through that passage. But in that passage, we see that because of what Christ has done, because he's sacrificed once and for all for our sins, that's what's taken place. We see the writer of Hebrews end up saying, Why are some of you not gathering together? If Christ has all done all this stuff, you should be gathering together and worshiping him and sharing his word together. There's like an insinuation here of this. We don't necessarily see that command, but we see it in a negative way, saying, "Why are you forsaking the assembling of yourselves together?" Together, so some people have already stopped stopped doing that. Uh, and so, I took some time to try to look at the Old Testament and see the gathering uh, taking place or the assembling of the of people. Together, I definitely didn't do it exhaustively in our in our sermon. There was more, but I did find it interesting that the first place church seems to have happened was in Genesis four, with uh, Seth, with Adam and Eve's children, because it says they begin to call on the name of the Lord in uh, Genesis four twenty six, and there was this idea of they were doing this together. And so you think in the garden, Adam and Eve had the privilege of assembling together with God Himself in the evening and walking with him and talking with him but then sin took place and God had to remove them from the garden and send them out and he wasn't doing walking with them anymore and so the people of God who've been made in the image of God we see very soon start to gather together why? to call on the name of the Lord together uh, and then as you continue on there might be other places that I skipped I, I like I said this wasn't exhaustive uh, but when we get to the story with Moses and the Israelites leaving Egypt and going to Mount Sinai, God calls for the people to, to gather together. Now, I want to get you guys involved somehow, and this could be a dumb question, so that's fine if its and isn't. I'll just keep talking after. Uh, but I brought something up in the sermon. Why didn't, God, why didn't God just tell Israel? Why did he make them come to the mountain? Why gather them together? Why not, uh, like I said, you guys stay in your house. And I'm gonna give all of you a vision. I'm gonna help let you guys all know in your house. I'll tell each family what the laws are. So you guys just stay there, and then everybody'll have it. Why the work of gathering together and don't touch this mountain and what's the what? Why gathering all of a sudden is so important? So much so that Moses would say later on, like you guys remember the day we assembled, don't you? Like it was a big moment and day in the life of Israel. Um, so what are we seeing? I guess there with the gathering that early on in the Old Testament? I don't know. That's a dumb question. All right, I'll move on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Glad you said it. (laughs) I don't know.
1: Um, Just kind of some thoughts that come to my mind is, after the fall, you see, not only does sin separate us from God, but it separates us from each other. Because Adam and Eve start turning on each other right after the fall. They start blaming each other. So in God's grace, grace, doesn't, grace restores creation. God, it doesn't destroy creation. So God is about bringing back what was lost. And part of that is not simply our relationship with him, but also as a fruit of bringing back our relationship with him, bringing back our relationship with other people. Mm. And that's what God is about. So that's what the story, uh, I mean, we see the fruits again of, of sin with uh, Cain and Abel. It isolates us from God, but it isolates us from each other because we kill one another. So when you're right, whenever uh, Seth is there and they're calling upon the name of the Lord, that same uh, idea is used of Abraham, I believe, whenever he calls upon the name of the Lord. It's even used in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where it says um, that we are those who, all of us, who, everywhere, who call upon the name of the Lord. So um, I think bringing them together at Sinai is simply the expression of that reality that um, the gathering um, is is God sin scatters us from God and from each other mm-hmm. and so God is back for bringing us back to himself but also bringing us back to each other mm-hmm. and so the church is um, a recovery of what was lost in creation mm-hmm. um, and that's it's a new creation and God was recreating at Sinai I think uh, showing them that what he what his whole plan is about is a new creation bringing us back together um, because it's not good for us to be alone. We're not meant to Mm -hmm. be alone permanently in an isolated way. I think some of that is what's in the background of it. I'm sure there's a lot more, but that's something
3: I I was just thinking it like, maybe not even so much theological reasoning of this, but just like, this is one of the areas that I think even the world And secular scientists and researchers have been able to figure out, like just what you said there at the end, Spencer, that it's not good for people to be alone. Mm -hmm. Like, really bad things happen when people spend extended periods of time alone by themselves. It's just not how God designed us to be. But I just think it's also interesting, not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, the focus doesn't seem to be just on God saves individuals. But he he calls him to himself a people, a group of people, um, and when you are saved, when you're when you become a Christian, you put your faith in Christ. Yeah, you you are individually reconciled to God, but at the same time, you join the family. That's that's how it's seen. My mind went to First Peter chapter two.
0: We're when in the it, Old Testament, not New Testament. Yeah, you're jumping ahead.
3: Both are Christian scripture, oh, well, so. <laughs> okay, go
0: ahead. It's true. We're but not Marcy Knights. But, it, <laughs> there you go.
3: <laughs> but it just said, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellences mm-hmm. of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a, there's a reference there of like, yeah, you've been called out of darkness and now you are in the light, but you're in the light as a part of a people. Right it's
1: it's y'all have been
3: brought out yes it's not simply yeah. you individual it's, it's ye yeah, ye. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's all of you yeah. so it's just i mean god has not designed us to be alone and in the same way that you think about like a family like you can't be a family if you're never together the relational bonds will just disintegrate and it's in the same way like you can't be the people of god if you're not together the, 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 there's something to the physical presence in the way that God created us to form those bonds with people.
1: Also, those verses, that verse you quoted, is, is rooted in Exodus yeah. 19. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those words are rooted in what God tells them. I think also part of this also goes back again to there is um, there's this, um, we've ta- I talked about it in the past, but uh, American religion is in a lot of ways Gnostic in the sense in which we separate the body and the soul Um, to where we we elevate the soul so much that we denigrate the body because um, so that I, all I need is a data. I just need some information Mm -hmm. for my soul and that's all I need. But the fact that God made us body and soul means we need to be in each other's physical presence, Mm -hmm. not simply, you know, so and that's, that's part of just what it is to be human. Mm -hmm. So whenever we deny gathering, Whenever we kind of denigrate that reality, the fact that we need other people and to be in the same physical presence together, we're also, in a sense, forgetting what it means to even be a person, to be a human being. Mm -hmm. And that's also a lot of the background, I think, in some of this, Mm -hmm. um, as well as we just don't even know, we've forgotten what it means to even be human.
2: And, you know, to your point about a lot of research, secular research, you know, uh, as as especially as we're kind of coming out of this pandemic or we're or post-COVID, or whatever, is the the idea of like attachment. You know, um, I think it was in the '60s where who I can't remember his name from the, from England came up with the attachment theory that if if human beings aren't attached, if an infant's not attached to his mother, you know, and there's there's not that bond, great damage will take place, including the loss of life, and how. Our brains and how God formed us, created us in his image, our brains need other brains. You know, we can't, the danger with social media is, oh, we're connected. I, you know, you, well, I'm connected with so many people. I have so many, you know, Facebook friends or whatever. But the danger of that, if we're not connected, like physically, like, you know, we're not in the in pres, presence heals, you know, being with other people. People obviously, you know, being with the Lord, the, with God too, in, in that relationship. But that attachment is is so vital to human life, and I think that's why Hebrew says don't neglect meeting together. And you know, Pastor Tim, you mentioned that too. It's like when when you're not here, it, it's there's something missing because we're a family. You know, we miss you not because oh, we, we you know, it's about the numbers, but it's about we're a, a we're the body, and if you're missing, that affects the overall body. That whole idea of attachment you know I think it's very important so
0: and you know, we see in the Old Testament that God had set up other assemblies for the people there were different times when they were supposed to assemble together uh, the atonement was one of them once a year they would assemble together uh, so they would they would prepare for this assembly by eating a certain way unleavened uh, bread and then for six days and then on the seventh day they would gather together uh, for the day of atonement so that their sins would be forgiven so sacrifices would take place uh, yearly. Uh, and you can read in in the law of how that would go, but there were other assemblies, there were feasts, there were festivals um, that God had called for the people to do. And again, it was it was pointing them to something so that they would see. But again, we just see the importance of the gathering. You know, they're being called to to gather uh, together uh, in these instances. And when we get to the New Testament, uh, the New Testament doesn't just wipe out gathering altogether. And I think that's a danger of where a lot of a lot of people have gone uh, in the Christian faith is we think we say things like, well, Jesus came and he fulfilled all that. So we don't need that anymore. And they just wipe out gatherings altogether. Excuse me. But the fact is that gathering still is important. Uh, Yeah. The, the festivals, the day of atonement we see is not something we need. You know, we, our day of atonement was the day Christ died and, and then he rose again. And so I, you can't say we don't need the Day of Atonement. We we need it greatly. It happened in Christ. Right. But we don't have to do it every year now. Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews tells us that. Christ died once for all for sins. Uh, and so then what does that mean? I mean, if we don't have to do these festivals, if we don't have to uh, honor all these special Sabbaths that were out there, well, what do we have? And so what we have to do is we have to look at the New Testament and say, well, what was the church doing? What did it look like? soon after christ left because you know we don't have these great commands necessarily of of what to do and and so you have to infer some things from from scripture and one of the things that we infer really quick in the book of acts in scott's pre- uh, teaching through acts he has been for a little while and so maybe scott could speak to this too but right away they're gathering together the after jesus uh ascends they get together, and they're praying, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them when they're together. Then they they leave that togetherness. They go and preach the gospel, and now there's more people to be together. And even in Acts, I think it's Acts 5 is what I read, Acts 5 chapter, or verse 12, we see it says the church is gathering together at the only place they know, where they've went their whole life, the synagogue right, to the, to the temple area, to Solomon's portico, which would have been a big open area and a place for all of them to be together. And they're teaching the word of God there, and it says God is showing them wonders and signs are happening as people are being healed, but they're all coming together to hear this word, right, and to be together. And so right away, they're, they're gathering. They're still gathering. And so there's this importance early on in the New Testament for a gathering uh, to take place. And so we can't just say, again, that Christ wiped all that out. And so no longer do we need to come together as a family, like you were saying, Scott. No no longer do we need that because God saves me personally. No, I mean, the, the New Testament is so clear, like you guys have been saying. We are saved into a family and to be a part of a kingdom. Or using Jesus' words when he talks about, I am the vine and you are the branches. What does that mean? That means we're one plant, though. We're not a bunch of different plants. We're we're one plant together, then, and I think uh, I don't. Maybe you guys you guys are more historical than me, but it's just a very American mindset mm-hmm. to be very individual, and we've took that to our faith. We've took that to salvation, and that's that's been a bad thing uh, for the American church. It's led us in a lot of bad directions to the point to where. Now we think we can do this whole Christian walk by ourselves. And it's just never been meant to be that way, right? There's no category for that. I've been saying that a lot to people through this series uh, and one-on-one. There's no category in the New Testament of a Christian without the church family. Like, Like that's not even a thing for Peter or Paul or any of them to to discuss cuz it doesn't make sense. It's not it's not something it's something we've come up with later uh in life. You know, and the the Roman Catholic Church probably doesn't really have to deal with that because you have to go to church to get grace, right? Uh you have to go to church for these things. Uh but as Protestants, it seems to be maybe a little easier excuse for us in a in a pitfall that sadly we we run into a lot. Mm-hmm. But again, the New Testament's very clear that we should be we should be meeting together. And as we meet together, uh, the second thing was that when the church gathers, what makes us one of the things that makes us distinct from other gatherings is he's gathering his chosen people together. Uh Dave, maybe you can speak to the word for church in Greek. How do you say it?
2: Ecclesia. Ecclesia. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um and it means what?
2: It's simply what well, the 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 little Ek-E-K E-K, in Greek simply means out, like out of. And uh, uh, klesia means assembly. So it's literally translated would be a called out assembly, assembly out. So the idea of, of, of assembly, of gathering, but we're also called out, meaning not to be a part of this world or to be a separate would be the idea, like a separate s- assembly.
0: Yeah, and so when we gather together each week, one of the way I said it is like we are like declaring allegiance again mm-hmm. as the called out people of God, declaring an allegiance to God. We are, we are different, and we're not ashamed of that. We know that. We understand that because, I mean, that's what this word is is means, mm-hmm. right? He has called us out together to, to gather to assemble. So the called out ones assembling uh, together, and that's what's happening when we when we gather each and every week, right? We've What should be in our minds is we've been made a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And so we are very, very different. And I think one of the things I failed to do in the sermon, I tried to bring that out very clearly. I didn't want to hide the difference. And so like, yeah, the people out there are different than us. This thing in here is for us. God's called people to worship him. And what I should have done, and I thought about it later, is I should have said, but I do know there are people among us today who are not one of the called out ones, and that's okay. You're welcome to be here. Right. And we hope one day you would be us. That you would be, you know, and it's not because we're special, you know, or anything like that. It's just because God's poured his grace out on us. But there is a difference. And I want that to be in our minds and to be understood that it's that it's distinct. You know, there's a lot of groups that we could be a part of that we'd be happy that we're different. It's like, yeah, hey, I'm a part of this club and you're not. You know, and and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of that fact. But yet when it comes to the church, it seems like don't be proud of that. You need to let them know that you're not different than them. And it's like, no, I, I am. I'm not bragging. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be anything like. It. It's just, I'm thankful that I'm, one of the branches in the vine, right? And and that He's done that for me. Um, and so I think we need to remember that as we're gathering together. That's what makes us, makes us different. This other group, you know, I might be included into. Uh, you know, some group that meets regularly because of my uh, ability in athletics, you know, or you might be a part of some group because of your ability to play an instrument, or you might be a part of some group because you happen to have four kids and it's the four kids club, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. But the fact is some human let me in that club, right? I mean, that's what it was. I impressed some person. Well, being a part of the church, it's not some person I impressed, it's, it's God who saved me. God Almighty, the creator of all things, for some reason, has allowed me to be a part of his kingdom. And it says he desires for me to be a part of his kingdom, so much so that he gives me an inheritance in his kingdom. As Spencer was talking Sunday night, he sits me with Christ, right? Right there with him. That's a special thing that we should be proud of. Right. We don't hold it over people. We don't lord it over people because we can't. In Ephesians 2, it says you can't do that. But we should be proud of that and understand that we are distinct and we are different. And so there's gonna be a different flavor. You know, and the way I would think about it is I would guess, you know, when I go to your house, you guys have your own way of doing things. You know, when it's time to eat, I don't know, you probably have an old your own system that maybe you don't even realize you have. But when I walk into the system and be like, sad. You know, uh, if you guys walked into my house for dinner, it'd be odd. You wouldn't know when it was time to eat because we don't sit at the table. You know, we don't do anything like that. We're running. It's frantic. Well, Easton's already ate. You know, mom's not home yet, but hurry up now. Now you come and eat, you know, get it real quick. It's pretty frantic. And so you might feel uncomfortable there, you know, but when you go to someone's house who says, all right, everybody sit at the table and everybody sits at the table. It's all quiet. All right. Okay. What do we do? And they're all waiting. It's like, I got my food. Should I eat? No. Okay. We're going to pray. Oh, okay. That's new to me. All right. Let's pray. Everybody pray. And then nobody eats. Well, we don't eat till dad eats. We're waiting for dad to take a bite. When dad takes a bite, we're all going to take a bite. Right? I mean, I don't know. That's how it is at Spencer's house, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, yeah. wait till dad eats and gets his fill kids and then oh. then you all you all may proceed <laughs> yeah.
1: i think one of the things i think is very important for this whole discussion is kind of what you guys are just even going back there again about what the noun the term church means mm-hmm. it's a congregation it's actually used um because i think it's important just because there's something inherent in the word that explains who we are um the which word, I've
0: laughed at this week because there are churches called the gathering. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like, we are the gathering church. And it's like, so you're the church church. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> church, yeah. I mean, in
1: some ways, church is church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But what I mean is as the church, we're the gathering. So we're supposed to gather yeah. we're the congregation. So we're supposed to congregate. Mm-hmm. The word itself is even used in a non-religious way in the, the riot at Ephesus mm-hmm. in yeah. Acts chapter 19. There's an assembly that comes together and they're in confusion So it's just a bunch of, of, of a group of people. So the idea inherently means we have to be brought together, but it also means we're brought together for something Mm -hmm. or around something. We talked maybe today about affinity groups or loyalty groups. Um, a family might be a loyalty group and their common affinity is family relationships to each other. You might have a, you go to a sports game, your common affinity together is to watch that event. Mm -hmm. Now there might be people that tag along for other reasons, but that's what you're gathering around. And for us, our gathering is around Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. He's and he's also the one who's called the gathering together. Mm -hmm. Um, that's very important. That's why we, you know, churches will use the, the idea of a call to worship Mm -hmm. because the idea is, is Tim and Scott and Dave and Spencer, it wasn't our idea to get the church together. Ultimately it's Jesus's idea. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who calls the church into session, so to speak. He's the one who congregates us together through his word to then worship him, but also to receive his grace through the word again. Um, so he's the one ultimately, um, as really what we're doing is we're gathering around the throne of Jesus mm-hmm. every single week. And he's teaching us through his word. We're responding back in gratitude and worship and, a, and, a, an obedient lives as we live our lives out and about in the world. But I think that's a very important thing is just to meditate even on what the word means. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be a family and just be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: I'd be like, I'm a <clears throat> basketball team. Well, when do you guys play? Well, we don't really do that. What's
1: well, a basketball? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's an important reminder. Um, it, there's all these different affinity or loyalty groups that are not bad, but they're just different. And the only one that Jesus calls together is the church.
0: Mm. You know. And here's the thing: it sounds so silly to talk again to preach on gathering, like to right. stand and say, "I'm going to preach on gathering today." What? Why? Right. It's like, <laughs> It's The way we're talking about it, I think, is very commonsensical. We, it's like, this makes complete sense. And And one of the things I hear in churches today are people so mad and angry at culture because there's just no common sense out there today. With all the sin that's going on, it's like, really? We're going to go this route. But yet we have tons of church members who don't gather. Mm. They think, yeah, I'm part of the church. I go once a month. I go, I go once every other month, and it's like you're mad at them for not having common sense, but you're not using it either, based on what we're saying. Or, but what right. I think it is is, I just, I don't want to harp too much because I think that it has not been taught well. Yeah, yeah. I don't it. blame every, I don't blame all the church members. I blame leadership for not teaching this well. Mm-hmm. Of. Even what does the word church mean? As basic as what we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. right? It's the gathered one. Because anybody with a brain, do you want to join my basketball team? Yes. Well, what do you guys do? We we play basketball. Oh, oh, I wouldn't have thought that. Right? That right. wouldn't be said. Do I just show up at the games? Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. But when people don't know, well, what is the church? Right. The church is, when we, is a gathering. We gather together to worship God. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's really important that we gather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really important that you do that. If you want to be a part of this. You need to gather mm-hmm. with us. Oh, okay. I mean, that makes sense, but I just don't think it's been taught mm-hmm. very often mm-hmm. or, or too well. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so as uh, Spencer, you kind of alluded to this, God gathers us together, those he's saved by his grace, and he gathers us to worship him, right? And so we're gathered together uh, as we gather. Why are we gathering? We're gathering to worship him, to hear from his word uh, to honor him, to glorify him. And so we we want to all do this uh, together, but yet God works in the, in the midst of that because as he gathers us to worship him, if our worship's being done rightly, then we remember who we were before he saved us or remember what he has done for us. And when we're together, we're remembering that for everybody. I read a quote out of Matt Merker's book called Corporate Worship. Um, It says, just as the sight of the bride makes the groom's heart swell with love, church members should overflow with affection for one another when they behold the assembly. This is the people whom Jesus bought with his own blood. This is the people who have committed to care for me, put up with my faults, and point me to Christ again and again. I talked about sitting in the back of the building, and there were so many distractions back there. But when I read this quote, I remember sitting there, I, I read this, and I remember God using that just to remind me, like, basically, Tim, you allowed those to be distractions.
2: Hmm.
0: Like you're here with all these people, moms and dads, people who are old, people who are young, and I've gathered them together. I've saved these people by my, by my grace. The blood of Christ is, is theirs and yours. And when I gather you together, this is the way at least I thought about it, it's not going to be perfect. You know what I mean? It's just not. There's times it's going to be hot in the building. There's times it's going to be cold in the building. There's times it's going to be louder in the building than at other times. There's times when people in our congregation's bladders seem to be smaller than at other times, so they're getting up and going to the bathroom all the time, right? There's times when the pastor is a little boring. There's time when the music is great. There's times when the music is like, oh, I don't really know. There's times when the sound is going to mess up, mm-hmm. Right. There's all these factors that go into when you gather. It's just going to happen because there's a lot of people there, right? And I think if I approach worship right, it should calm me down a little bit to not get frustrated by the distractions, but to see the distractions is what they really are. My church family who God's brought me together with. And so when the baby starts crying, it's like, ah, oh, you know, number one, look, there's life that God has given us. Number two, that mom's probably pretty embarrassed right now that her baby's crying. She doesn't want it to be crying. Either does dad. And me looking negatively at them isn't helping anything here. Maybe I should show some compassion. Maybe I shouldn't look. I'll just act like it doesn't bother me. right? Maybe you should offer to help. Maybe. Well, they don't always want that, I found. They don't always want They don't that. want this creepy guy coming. <laughs> sometimes I have your, people can need I have things they don't want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes people need things they don't necessarily yeah. want. No, I know. I know what you're saying. But you know what I mean? I just, I just felt that in my office as I was reading that quote. You know, just like, mm. I hear that from people all the time. You know, is, I got to move sections because these people this or whatever. And it's like, these people are your people. Mm. It's who we, when you joined this church, right? When you signed that thing saying, I want to join the church. You're joining with people together who Christ has saved. And, and to think that now I have the privilege and the responsibility to uh, to care for people. To put up with their faults and to point them to christ again and again but actually they have that same job for me mm-hmm. so that when i have allergies in service and my nose is running and it's really annoying they keep hearing me sniffle I, that's okay that's what that's who i am i can't help it you know mm-hmm. I'm trying my best here yeah you know and we just we love each other and we care each other care for each other and that's one of the great things that god does when we gather if if we didn't gather together. I would never get to grow in that area of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's why we oftentimes want to be alone is like, I don't want to put up to other people's faults. Like, no, we're called to do that. Yeah. yeah.
3: Something I've been thinking about in our conversation is, I mean, really everybody gathers because everybody, like, I mean, even thinking back to the way we started this conversation of like, are you one of these people? Are you one of those people? Everybody gathers with someone because I think everybody actually does desire community. Around something. Yeah, I agree. Uh, It might be a larger size community than others or whatever, but everybody wants that. And if you look at so many of the things in our world today, people can find community around so many different things. Like one of the things that strikes me, like just thinking in particular, is like you have people who find community in like a certain workout groups or something like that. And their commitment to that is almost religious in a sense of like gathering together, being there, holding each other accountable, changing patterns of their lifestyle, Mm -hmm. learning from one another, encouraging one another. And it's, I think people are attracted to that because it's where they find community. And that can be beneficial. If you join a community like that, you're probably going to end up being a healthier person. But, you know, from Hebrews 10, uh, you know, the passage that you preached on, What he says there, verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, Mm -hmm. not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So those two things, those things that we're to do, consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, encouraging one another. There are certain things that only the church community can do for you. Nobody else in any kind of like community that you might find somewhere else cares about your eternal salvation. They might at, a, at a, like a personal level as a, like if another person is a Christian that's part of that community, but where you find like the only thing that we necessarily, I mean, there's more that we care about. Like you can find community. I guess my point is you can find community and you can find help in other kinds of gatherings, but the church's unique focus is spiritual in nature of like who else cares about the fact that you're falling into sin who else cares about the longevity of your faith throughout your entire life and that's what the community here is trying to do there is no other community that you can find that is actually working towards that goal um so i mean i go ahead
0: no that's that brings us to really our last point which is good is when we gather together Something supernatural is taking place. It doesn't happen anywhere else. It doesn't happen at a sporting gathering. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen at a community event. It doesn't happen in the family gathering. There's something something supernatural happening in the gathering, and it's because God has called it together, and God has promised us that his presence will be there with the church as they gather. and And, and we have to remember that. And it happens in some common things. It's not it's not some extraordinary events that's happening and taking place where all of a sudden we see the the roof of the church crack open and the and the heavens split wide and here comes God, right? That doesn't that's not what's happening. It's in the God ordained means of worship that the supernatural is happening. And so when I am preaching, or when one of you are preaching, what we really have is we have Jesus speaking to us, not because Tim is special. In fact, that's a that's actually what's so humbling and overwhelming that oftentimes makes me not want to step on the stage because it's embarrassing thinking that this is supposed to be Jesus talking and it's me knowing everything about me at that time, <laughs> right? But the Bible, that's what the Bible is teaching us and tells mm-hmm. us is that when the pastor is preaching, we are hearing the words of Christ. Christ is preaching to us and speaking to us. And we have the promise of the Holy Spirit moving and working in the hearts and minds of the individuals who are there. And so what's so awesome is we said that this, this gathering is not for the lost. And I believe the Holy Spirit is working on the those who have been saved. But what's crazy is the Holy Spirit's also working on those who are lost. Those mm-hmm. who aren't really a part of the gathering is working to make them a part of the gathering in a, in a supernatural way. And that doesn't happen in another place. Well, we do believe that. God
1: and God in his control brought them there. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he brought them there yeah. to be a part of the physical gathering mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, the last point you talked about, about the supernatural element, is very important. It reminds me of, uh, remember we walked through some of the screw tape letters mm-hmm. and there's an early one where he says, whenever you, whenever you're, you're the patient goes to church. Make and he notices all of the things that you were talking kind of about. It reminded me being distracted about all these different things going on, and that's what he wanted them to be reminded of. But whenever we remember the supernatural element of what's going on in the church, um, that should really refocus us. Uh, I think about Revelation chapter one, where Jesus is described um, in very vivid imagery, but then he says that he walks amongst the seven lampstands. Mm. Jesus, and and then you see the seven letters to the seven churches. They've all got problems, <clears throat> but Jesus is walking in and amongst them. Jesus, the person of Christ, is communing in in our church fellowship, mm-hmm. despite all of the messed up stuff going on and all the distractions. I think just being reminded of that, yeah, um, and, is very important.
2: And I can speak, you know, personally because I still remember. I, I remember the 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 day. You know, when I was 17 years old, and I was at a gathering uh, with other youth, um, a church gathering, and I I remember I was invited, and I didn't want to go because I was like, yeah, I'm I'm good, thanks, you know. But I just I went, and I stood in the back, and I had my arms crossed, and I think they sang like "Brown Eyed Girl" as like a fun. It was a you know, it was a youth thing, and then they started doing some worship songs, and then the guy got up and preached, and I remember, I still remember like there's something different about this. Like I had been in a lot of gatherings, especially within music, you know, and, and I just remember the Holy Spirit working on me and I, it, it, it left me a taste in my mouth. I'm like, these, something's different about this gathering. I got to come back. So I went back the next week and then next week and next thing I'm I'm going to Bible study. And then, mm-hmm. you know, three months later, I got saved and it was that supernatural element. It was the body of Christ, and it was the holy spirit working and i wasn't a part of the ecclesia i wasn't a part of the church i wasn't a christian but it drew me in and so that's how that's how mm-hmm. god uses mm-hmm. even people that are there that are like okay but i'm i'm being pulled if you yeah. will yeah. by what god is doing so anyway i can speak to that personally
0: mm. yeah and we're not trying to say that you can only be saved or come to christ right. in the in the gathering we're not we're not trying to say that but it is oftentimes god will use mm-hmm. that but then also in the individual believer's life, when we gather together, the supernatural thing that's happening, uh, Lloyd Martin Lloyd Joins would say would say, "There's a count- one-on-one counseling session mm. between the believer." And the preacher going on in that gathering with, it could be hundreds of people in there, but because that's the work of the Holy spirit is being done. The Holy spirit is penetrating the hearts of the believer mm. as the word of God is being preached. And it's impacting the lives of believers in, in different ways, pointing out sin in their life or reminding them of praises and thanksgivings or things that God is doing, whatever it is in the, in the message that's taking place, how God is just working and in moving mm. uh, in that place. And so we, we can't minimize what's happening in the gathering, and, and sadly we do. You know, I've, I've took a lot of heat. Apparently I said like drummers were hot or something in the sermon. I don't know what I said. I didn't have that written down on my paper. You did. You I thought did. I said fire, but fire's hot. That makes sense. <laughs> that might be why it came out. Um, but what I meant is I just remember you know people being like, oh, the Holy Spirit was evident today in the service. I heard that growing up all the time. But then I, I did often wonder, even as a kid, well, what about this service? Nobody said the Holy Spirit showed up, so why, why'd we come? You know, what, what ha- did it not happen? That's a bad theology. That's a bad way of mm-hmm. thinking about church and what is happening in worship. And the fact is, as we gather together, if we're faithful to do what we're called to do, the Holy Spirit showed up, and it was a good thing to be a part of. You, you might still leave sick, feeling sick. You know, you, you might still leave with a lot of things to do. So you have some anxiety or you have some worry. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit didn't show up. It doesn't mean that something supernatural isn't taking mm-hmm, place there. Mm-hmm. And we have to be a part of that and remember that. And so I liked the fact that uh, what God brought to my mind was like that this isn't practice for heaven, but it's, it's yeah, taste. That was good. We're, we get to taste heaven here. When we do it according to God's purposes, and I think that's what I get so nervous about, is that we want to make heaven into what we want it to be, and that's what we do here. And we don't have the right to do that. Mm -hmm. When I get to heaven, it's not going to be, well, Tim, what song do you like? Or, Tim, who do you want to speak? It's not going to be any of that. (laughs) It's it's, this is heaven, and this is how it's done. And we have the privilege of tasting heaven every week together when we gather together Mm -hmm. to hear the word of God, to partake in Lord's Supper, or to see baptisms taking place. Mm Right? To be able to give as God calls us to give, to be able to fellowship together as God has called us to do. God gives us that great privilege. And it's interesting. I can't remember what book I was reading, but one of the books I was reading said, whenever like a a dictator comes in, what do they want to stop? The gathering. Mm. They want to stop the gathering because that's scary to them. And when they go against the church, it's the gathering. And so they're trying to find are people gathering in their homes? Are people gathering together? It doesn't, it's not really the issue of like one individual Christian by themselves, kind of like we had with Daniel praying. We don't see that too often. But what we see is you can't gather together. Uh, and there's a reason for that. It's because there's power in the gathering, right? Something is happening there. And so uh, hopefully we have a good grasp of the gathering. Just real quick, I know this is a, a longer one, but there were four things we ended with uh, that Matt Merker said, a strong view of the assembly helps Uh, One is worship's no longer formalistic. And so when we see Lord's Supper, when we see preaching, when we see singing, when we see giving, when we see baptism, when we see these things as supernatural means that God has given us for him to speak to us, for us to worship him, it's not about formalism anymore. It's like, well, this is when we stand up. This is when we sit down. This is when we sing a song. Now we can go home. It doesn't become that. It's like God is using this in my life, or he's promised to use it in my life. So I want to listen. I want to be ready. I want to be prepared, whatever. Uh, worship is no longer individualistic. And so he was saying, we gather with those committed to endure to the end, to love each other in Christ. And so I desire good for them above myself in worship. He went on to say worship's no longer consumer oriented, which we'll talk about more, I'm sure, in some sermons ahead uh the good of the whole more important than just me and what i get out of it our focus goes from god and others instead of just focused on us it's not about what am i going to get today we come to church even thinking how could i help somebody today how could i love on a church member today what can i give to god this morning in praise and in worship right and now god's so good to us he always gives us too but you know we start thinking that way
3: yeah i was gonna say the other side of that is also no people don't really go to a doctor as consumers they go to uh, saying, "Doctor, here's what I think I need from you." Yeah. What they do is they go to the doctor and say, "Doctor, I need you to tell me what I need."
0: Yeah, it's a good point.
3: And so it's not consumer oriented in the sense of you realize I'm not in the place to dictate what I need from this. I'm here because I need them to tell me what I need. Yeah, that's, right. As yeah. as the church collectively, yeah. not as like one guy, right? Not you, Tim, or me, or any of us. Mm-hmm. But as like, it's the recognition of I've got blind spots. I've got areas of my life that I need help and I need the church to help me at that. That's not a consumer oriented thing because consumers don't really do that.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. With the passage that Pastor Spencer read this week, he, uh, Paul was encouraging Timothy, don't let the your, your age, mm-hmm. you know, push back against what you're to do, preach the gospel and teach the word. And no doubt, because of his young age, there are people in the church, and I've experienced this many times as well, of people who are older thinking, you can't tell me anything. And it's like, I know you're my pastor and stuff, but you can't really tell me anything. You haven't lived that long. You just don't know it. You just don't get it. And it's like, well, no, actually, there's a supernatural thing happening that even me, young me, if I'm faithful to preach this word, God's going to use it in your life, mm-hmm. and you need to hear it. You know, And that's one of the hard things about preaching is and now hang on, you're not young anymore. No, not anymore. You're almost 40. I said before, yeah, I, was saying, I said you're before, you're almost 40 years old. I so said before, yeah, okay. Uh, come on, I know, I know where I'm headed.
2: <laughs> anyway. Catch up to me,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> yep. I'm running the race, you're almost 10 years away limping. from
1: I'll be running much longer, limping. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 uh,
0: yeah. I'm limping, about to transition to that bike. You may <laughs> forget what I was gonna say. It was going to be astonishing. Young people can teach things. I forgot how I'm God how God uses I you in spite of, uh, supernaturally in spite of. Oh, I know what it was. It, uh, what book was it? But it was saying how when you preach, it's hard because you are telling people what they need and they're pushing back, saying no, mm-hmm. and it's very hard. You know, like a doctor would quit if everybody yeah. went, like you said, everybody went to was like. I know you say my knee's messed up, but no, it's not. I think it's my back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, no, it's your knee. <laughs> you know? You're still paying me for this visit, so <laughs> yeah, 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 right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, then fourth, uh, worship's about God delighting and pouring out his presence amongst his people and and just being reminded of that, that he's assembling us together and he is pouring out his great grace on us and loving us and and showing himself to us through his word and and even through our fellow church members, our fellow Christians right we get to taste the love of god through them as they love us and and care for us and to be honest i've experienced that a lot i feel like with our church family lately people just reaching out in little ways had had a family like bring a basket of fruit to our our house and and say hey why don't you get some pizza and it was like man they didn't have to do that they didn't have to drive to my house but they did why just cuz they love me Right. And because I'm a Christian and they're a Christian and God has brought us together or or little notes that people have sent or even just conversations in the hallway of church, you know, and people just being a a blessing, even if they don't realize it or know it, you know, and and that's what that's a taste of the good father that we have. Right. And his love for us. And he's brought us together. Uh, And those are special things that are only understood as we as we gather as we gather together. And so um, I want it to be known that as pastors, when we're saying you guys need to be here, it's not so that we can get paid. It's not all that stuff that I think sometimes gets, or, or for my ego to say, look how many people are here. It's no, it's it's actually what we're told to do. And if we're going to be the church, then we gather. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Hmm. Um, so, Hopefully that was helpful. hopefully the sermon was helpful. hopefully this discussion uh was helpful it was a it was one of those sermons that it was like, man, I don't know how this is how this is gonna go um but I guess I went fine it was over it's it's done mm-hmm. so anyways anything else you guys no. any wise words no anything else you want to make fun of me about uh hey, you guys want to join my club my running club at <laughs> <Monson>? anybody <laughs> It's a gathering. It's, it's a, a, gathering. Gathering. It a gathering. Is it supernatural? <laughs> no. No. Everybody finds community It <laughs> almost something. looks the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh.
3: Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say, like, I know um, some I've been thinking about in this conversation. I know what we're talking about is the gathering on the Lord's Day to worship together corporately. But I think, like, a lot of the things that we're talking about only happen even more, like, when you gather outside of the corporate gathering as the church. Like if you're part of like a home group, hmm. or, you know, it's like these the benefits that come with gathering with the church. Yeah, they they multiply when you gather more than just once hmm. a week.
0: Yeah, but I would warn that we cannot equate a home group gathering with the gathering that we were talking. Yeah, I know, and that's what I said. Not saying, yeah, it's like yep. that's not what I'm wanna, saying. Yep, I know what, Scott, we're, what you
1: equating <laughs> the. I'm just being. I'm <laughs> yeah, just being me. yeah, I know, I'm just but. Broken. I just think when <laughs> you think
3: about it like in terms of like finding community and and yes. the benefits that you draw from that it just goes to it's it's common sense like we said it's common sense to think that you will draw more benefit the more you are around those people you will be impacted by the people you spend time with yeah and there's, there is like what we said. There is something special that's happening when we are gathered together for corporate worship. Mm-hmm. But those benefits will increase, I think, when you gather other times as well uh, with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, like we saw, like like we reference Acts. Like yeah, they were gathered in Solomon's portico, but it also says that they were breaking bread in their homes as well. There was more than just Sunday morning worship happening in their lives. Um, and I think a lot of people can benefit from that too.
1: Hmm. Sure. And it is a lot of fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fun time. <clears throat> yeah, it does you know? I think that's just this isn't work.
0: What's not work? Getting together with people. yeah, gathering. getting together with people. Uh, yeah,
1: hmm. I guess Tim would disagree.
0: But go ahead, go well, ahead. It depends and on what kind of person you are. Yeah. Depends on the <laughs> gathering. <laughs> yeah. On the gathering. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. It is, but it's it is it is fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> at times it is yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of fun sorry are we having fun right now <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> a fun gathering <laughs> all right well anyways hopefully we will see you this coming sunday uh, lord willing as we uh, look at i'm trying to remember what the sermon is going to be it is how do we approach worship how do we approach worship is the is the question and so i uh, look forward to studying that this week trying to work a sermon together uh, but like i said hopefully we see you this coming sunday But in the meantime, I hope that you have a really good week. God bless.